Hi everyone, welcome back to Gen 2.0. In today's episode, I've got Samar Alam and um, she is, I completely butchered her name. Do you know what? We've been practicing that for so long before this <laughs> bloody episode, <laughs> bloody episode started. And I was like, I'm not going to mess this up. But alas, I did mess it up. So Samar is a founder at Epoch, which is a mentoring initiative designed to pair aspiring professionals with professionals in that industry, hoping to basically mentor them and, um, kind of further their career ambition. She also currently works in real estate, private equity, not quite sure what that means, but she does something for someone out there. And Summer and I actually are kind of friends from Manchester. We've known each other for, I want to say over a decade, we were friends on on Bebo and we randomly just kind of kept in touch. So Summer, Hiya. welcome to oh the my show. God. Was it Bebo? Is that what it was? <laughs> because that's so embarrassing. <laughs> 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 I'm pretty sure it was Bieber because we had this Bengali boyfriend at the time oh and um, he was friends with me <laughs> he was oh friends with me on Bebo and we just made friends because I think we were the only like Asian girls in Oldham like oh that God, were kind of normal so funny obviously this episode's about interracial relationships and when I was thinking about it I was like oh do you know what I'm just gonna forget about him and assume that I've never had any Asian boyfriend <laughs> And so I'm really glad you brought him back into my life. <laughs> I forgot his name, but I know he was Bengali. And like, I, I don't, the thing is, I definitely knew him before I knew you. And you're, so just ju- for the people listening, basically, Samar and I went to rival schools or like schools that are nearby, but they're both grammar schools, but not the same one. And like, we'd always play against each other in hockey and netball and all this shit. And she was in the above me and I remember at the time there was like no other Asian girls that were friends with like non-Asians so I was like oh like oh she's kind of like me like she's so cool because I was just hated being Indian so much um and yeah we just stayed friends and I remember the last time I properly saw someone oh I bumped into her on the bus That's a so couple funny. of times <laughs> because we both lived in East London yeah but um I properly bumped into her in first year uni I remember I was on the way to my ex-boyfriend's house, about to be dumped, little did I know. And I stopped at Queen Mary's, which is where she went to university, for like 20 minutes in the middle of the night. That I want to say like mate, midnight. I Do you remember, remember this? this? Because it was literally the weirdest like thing. We were just like, I was like, well, if you're coming to London, like obviously you have, because were you in Nottingham at the time? Is that where you were? I was in Sheffield and I remember I was traveling from Ilford to central London and your uni just happened to be on the way. On the way. And it was literally like 20 minutes. I just remember being like, I don't understand why we did this, but we did do it. But that's hilarious. And also just to go back, you did butcher my name and it's Samma Allen. <laughs> You know what I'm gonna say? I said alarm. I panicked. I said alarm, and I knew it was Alan. Well, I didn't. I didn't realize you were gonna say my surname. Otherwise, I would have coached you. But yeah, Samus. <laughs> I'm just gonna. Do you have a nickname? Should we? Should we refer to you as a nickname? No, no, no. I literally hate. Like, I hate nicknames for my name so much because I'm like, do you know what? It's two syllables. It's Samma. And if that can't, like, if you can't say that, but you can say croissant, Ooh. then that's like, I just can't even cope <laughs> with that. So people. People have always been like, should I call you Sam? And I'm like, no, because you can say random stuff in French and Spanish, but so you can say my name. <laughs> that is so true. And also yeah. your I just clocked that your name is five letters. So it's a bit rude of me. It's yeah. like when people are like, oh, can I call you Kit? And I'm like, how can you not see the T at the end? <laughs> like, it's just Kitty. So, so Summer, fine. I still can't say it, man. It just doesn't yeah, sound yeah. natural to me. Because I'm going to can I call you Summer? Because like, that is how you would say it. Oh that is God, how you would say it. I have it. a cousin called Summer. 
Like, we're going to go old school Desi now. Like, that's how you're going to be said. Do you know what, though? That's like, I feel like that's the, like, Indian male version. Because when you put my name in it's and you go into, like, Google Images, it's all Indian, like, men. <laughs> but the Arabic is, is like, a female name. So I always find that quite funny. But, yeah. Okay. So everyone always thinks I'm a guy when they just see my name written down. Yeah, I mean, I would really think you're a guy as well. But, okay, summer. Fine. We're gonna we're gonna roll with that because I just I can't I literally it's just so unnatural to me I don't know why I'm so sorry I'm like literally bullying you and you're on my podcast but it's okay that's fine I'll just call you Kit <laughs> touche touche friend <laughs> um so Sama do you want did I say that correctly yes yeah, okay this whole podcast is not going to be about me being like oh did I say it right <laughs> I promise I promise um do you want to tell the audience a little bit about yourself so for example what's your nationality what's your ethnicity where did you grow up where did your parents grow up? Like, what's what do you kind of identify as? Sure. Yeah. So my nationality. Um. Yeah. So I'm I'm British. I was born with the red passport. You know, the holy red passport. But I wasn't born in this country. So I'm Bengali. Um. And I came here when I was five years old. Um. My parents grew up in Bangladesh. I grew up well up until the age of five in Bangladesh as well in Chittagong. Um. And my mum actually went to school in Manchester so and then she went back and kind of like had her family and everything there and then we moved um and yeah so I grew up in Manchester and then I moved to London for university and I've kind of lived here since so yeah so I think I'm like a 1.5 generation if that's what the label is which I had to do a lot of googling for because I'd never actually like called myself any of these things before yeah so 1.5 gen I think that was the whole reason I was inspired to start this podcast because I always felt like I was never here and all there because I'm very similar to you where my parents grow up in well they were born and grew up in India and then I moved here when I was four or three or four and I always felt like I wasn't English or British rather because I didn't get my red passport until I was like in high school but then every summer my mom and dad would take me back to India so like no matter how white I would pretend I was at school I like got thrown back into like the coconut oil and the like Ilish much like do you know what I mean like I had no choice I just, I just had to like conform so it was really interesting when I did a lot of research for this show because there's a thing called 1.5 gen which is you're not first generation immigrant like your parents but you're also not second generation second generation where you're born in the country you're kind of like no man's land in the middle so that's 1.5 gen so I'm glad that you can relate to that I guess yeah and then when I was looking into it like I said that there's actually now like a few people researchers have said about 1.25 or 1.75 depending on if you came like really early in your childhood or if you came in your late teens so I found that quite interesting as well but um yeah this ain't a maths lesson like how can people <laughs> just make 1.25 1.75 like that's the same extra oh, another man. another time I recently learned is that third culture kid so like you're not one culture, you're that? not second, you've got your own like mix of cultures where you've grown up in different places around the world or different cities around the world being of like a different ethnicity to the majority of the country you live in. And that's quite interesting. For example, um, one of my best friends, she was born in Dubai, but then lived in London for a bit and then grew up in Bangladesh and then moved here for uni. So she's like all over the place, like her accents like everywhere. And we call that like a third culture kid so that that's also yeah that is actually yeah I used to know someone from uni who she was from Hong Kong but she was mixed race um like English um and then she also grew up in Spain so she spoke Spanish and it was like 
she didn't really know exactly what home was or where she was from but then she moved here like later on in life and she never kind of like knew where she was from but yeah that's actually you know what I was gonna say something so wrong I was like that is so exotic like I was gonna be like one of those white (laughs) bitches like oh my god oh yeah but um yeah good for her because if you grew up in Africa, why are you white? Like, <laughs> but I actually just had um, my latest episode is my two friends who are Indian but grew up in Kenya, and they get that question all the time. They're like, "Why are you not black?" And then they're just like, "Oh," and uh, I feel like oh that was God. that was a question just as ignorant as that one. If I judged your friend, so I will not say anything. But um, I mean, you're on the podcast um, to talk about interracial relationships, which is actually um, I put a poll out in the summer. Um, about what would you like to see on the next season and I had loads of really good things and themes that came up and I guess one of the most popular ones was interracial relationships that and sexuality but um, I guess in interracial relationships I've kind of brought you on because you've dabbled a little dabbled a little bit in um... (laughs) (laughs) do you know what's so funny like I find obviously interracial relationships are so interesting like even if you go on like YouTube people get so many views when they're talking about it and I think it's that like difference and people just really want an insight but it's that thing of like no one actually wants to kind of talk about their own like you have to you have to be quite confident maybe and like in sharing those experiences that you are willing to talk about them so I remember when like I messaged you and I think at the time I must have felt like really sure of myself and I remember just messaging you being like hey have you like talked about this thing because I'd be yeah up for talking about it and later on I was like should I just send that message because am I actually okay to like say all these experiences I think you don't even have to come on this show like I said to talk about your own experiences but it's like the ideologies that go with the experiences or the mindset that comes with it because I've had a couple of participants come on and they've talked about sexuality and in that one I like bloody told everyone about my whole sex life so I had to like cut loads out but the other individual came on to kind of just educate people on like the different types of sexuality so it's not just about you like sex but it's about people that are into like BDSM or gender identity like there was a whole spectrum of sexuality that had gone unexplored and I think what it is with South Asians especially interracial relationships have always been a bit of a taboo and I think even in our generation it's still a bit of a taboo with certain families especially if the racial dating is like seemed to be inferior to the one that you are And I think that's why people are interested, mainly because they want to hear it from experiences, either because they're scared or they're going through something similar, or actually they want to support their friends who are going through something similar. I know that that was the case for me. So, you know what? So just touching on something you said then about the like inferior race and that kind of thing. So I was talking about this to one of my friends recently, um, who's actually, um, she's Asian and um we were just discussing kind of like a similar topic and what our parents maybe thought was an inferior race in their minds or whatever um or what the community thought was an inferior race to what we are and it was really interesting because like I just have no idea what people's thoughts were and I thought in my mind I was like I don't know is it you know because like all these things are like fair and lovely and all that so I always assumed that the scale is from whiteness to darkness so I always thought that's kind of like how it's preferred so if if it's like oh my god if you are going to be in interracial relationship it should be with someone lighter not that it 
that they'd been to that either but just that if it was going to be anything that's what they might prefer and then I spoke to my friend and my friend was like no no no," because I had this conversation with my mum and she actually like said that she would prefer if it was with someone that was darker than us and I was like what really and my friend honestly was like Sam I think you should have like this conversation with your mum because I think you'll actually be really surprised at what they say so yeah that's that's really interesting. I think it also it depends on what kind of community you come from because um, I can't speak for the Bengali community because I'm not Bengali, but um, for like where I'm from in India, fairness is definitely still a thing. And unfortunately, it's really given a lot of dominance and importance in my community. So I know for a fact, if I was to bring home someone white versus someone black, my parents would be a, a bit more happier with the person that's white because... Um, because I don't know, not because my parents are racist, but it's because my mum would be like, oh, but he's fair skin, like you can have nice kids. Like that would be her dumb logic explanation. But the funny thing is, is that my dad's really dark skin. Like he's very, very dark skin. He always gets mistaken for a black man and always has done like his whole life. And my my grandma is like blick. Like she is so dark skin. Um, Like not even for an Asian. Like I would say she she's quite dark skin and like she always gets mistaken for like random things when she even when she's in India um so it's really funny because the irony to me and my mum being like oh but if you had kids with a white person they'd be fair skin I'm like you literally married like someone who's just the black man in an Indian, <laughs> in an Indian <laughs> body like me and my sister are quite dark skin for India so like I, I love it like I totally love it so I, I don't get that logic but it's interesting to hear maybe if I had that conversation or that discussion with my mum today if her answer would have changed because I think the mindset has changed as well. Like fair doesn't equal lovely. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's a good hilarious. Point. Do you know what? I've got a funny story about that that I'm going to just drop in because it actually cracked me up. And like, I didn't know it at the time. My sister told me afterwards. And um, yeah, so basically I think, you know, since I was young, I've always kind of been attracted to different races. And that's just always been the case. Like I've... I've just always had a wandering like eye for that for different races or people that looked um, different to me and that kind of thing. And I remember like when you're younger as well, when these conversations maybe aren't as serious. And I remember thinking in my head, and this was literally like I don't know year eight, year nine, when I'm obviously not thinking about like marriage or anything like that. And I remember thinking to myself like, right, I need to like prep my mum for the fact that one day I'm going to come home with someone that's not going to be brown. So I'm just going to start it now. I'm going to start it now. and like hopefully it'll like embed in her brain so I remember kind of just like dropping hints and just being like oh you know like really fancy like this phrase or like oh what do you think about this that you know that kind of thing and then I think in her mind then she thought like oh okay maybe she'll like my daughter will be with a white person or something and then like years later my sister was saying to me that um she was like with my mum and they were having a conversation about something and like on the tv this um you know like the white converts to like who are muslims came on the screen and my mum made some kind of reference to like that my husband might be like that (laughs) and oh my god and literally so in like in my mum's mind she thought I was 
I was talking about like a white convert, you know, the people that are like so yeah, Muslim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she thought that's what, and, and remember my sister, like my sister said, obviously retold the story. And she said she looked at my mum and was just like, what white convert is going to marry your daughter? And it's literally that thing where like, and I just remember thinking like, oh my God, what does my mum think? Like, that is just so far from the truth. Like, And it is literally that like, what white convert to Islam is going to marry me, let alone the other way around. But yeah, hilarious. That's fu- I mean, we'll get onto that in a bit because I think religion is really important in this situation because a lot of the time I've noticed with my Muslim friends that they prefer Muslim partners and race is irrelevant. Like it's a religion that's more important. Whereas in Indian Hindu communities, like to be brown is so important. Like to be brown and Hindu is so important. Like first of all, we don't really get Hindu converts <laughs> anyway. I think that's really rare. Um, but th- that's actually really interesting. And also lol at the fact that white revert would marry you because I just think, I don't even think that's so bad of me to be so judgmental, but I don't think of, when I think Muslim, I don't think you. I just think, oh, liberal, liberal, like family, Bangladesh. And, and do you know what? Like, yeah, and that's how it should be. Like, you shouldn't see someone and think of them as their religion. Like, my religion, I almost want it to be a point where, like, no one actually knows what my religion is because that's my own belief and my, like, relationship with God or whoever it is that I believe in. So I don't want people, like, my mum has this funny thing that she says, and I don't know about, like, the Indian community, but I'm sure, you know, when they say these, like, really extreme things that are just hilarious and just out of nowhere, but my my mum used to get, like, annoyed at me for doing, like, stupid things and like you know being too western and that kind of thing she used to like have this same example and she'd be like summer if you died tomorrow like if you got hit by a car no one would know like whether to cremate you or whether to bury you because no one knows what religion you are and I was like mom like you know they can just call up like my emergency contact and find out like you don't get buried and cremated like on the scene and she just would use this example all the time to say to me like basically people wouldn't know if I'm Muslim or Hindu like they'd know that I'm brown and they wouldn't know which one because they're like well Hindus are more liberal so which one you are you and what? I'm like, oh, your name God, is a dead giveaway like for for anyone that's I mean fair enough white people sometimes can't tell the difference but like to any Hindu person they'd know straight away that you're Muslim because Alam is such a Muslim last name like it's one of the most common names in the world I know so many Alams it's literally the most Bengali name like ever. Really? I know so many Pakistani Alams like I went to no, school, really? I went to school I sw- there's, there's an Alam family yeah and shout out if you're listening to this podcast because I don't speak to any of you anymore but there's an Alam family in Rochdale and they own worldwide do you know that Asian shop oh yeah, my god yeah there's about, there's about 100 of them like it's such a common Pakistani name surely that's so. F- I thought I thought a Bengali family owned that shop, but fair enough. maybe maybe you just thought. I I think I'm just thinking that my people are owning more things than they actually <laughs> <My> are. People. <laughs> that is um Aww. yeah, that's a bit shock to the system. But yeah, no, that that's definitely interesting. And uh, just a couple of other things, like in relation to your love life or dating or relationships, like what other kind of stories or experiences or things do you think were unique? because you were South Asian. So you've obviously shared that one example about your mum. But like, can you think of any other things that you might have been conditioned to think about or conformed to think about? Or actually, you would, were you kind of just like, fuck it, like, it, it doesn't matter that I'm Bengali, like, I'll just do what I want? No, honestly, I wasn't like that. And I think that's where 
like I've had this like duality because I, I wish I was so like fuck it I'm gonna do whatever I want and not have this like constant thought about you know my mum's face and my dad's face at the back of my brain but um yeah there were definitely different um differences to be growing up being South Asian I think one of them which uh, people probably can relate to a lot is just like do I even know what the definition of freedom is to this day like I might be like living and you know alone like London life but are you actually still free because you know you're still I'm probably still not doing everything that I would do maybe like to be honest though even if my parents were white I might still not do those things but there's still stuff that I don't do because I'm like actually I still have this thought of like the community that, that I belong to or like maybe my religion or what are my values or what my, would my mum and dad think or what would my family think and to be honest like most of the time the things that I don't do they do align thankfully with my own values so I don't they're not questioned too much with that but yeah there's definitely that sense of freedom and sometimes I do also think like for example we're talking about podcasting and that kind of thing and maybe being a lot more like exposed in the world and I kind of try to live like a bit more of a private life um only because I just I don't know I don't I don't have this thing of like I just wanted to tell everything about my life but another thing might just be like I just don't need people like knowing all this stuff and you know I think as as Asians unfortunately there's this tendency to maybe look at other Asians and start judging them on their sins and that's something that I see a lot and I have seen a lot growing up and I just kind of like was never into that and I just you know I never saw other people for their sins and I just think a lot of people do do that unfortunately in the community so I yeah like I there's a lot of stuff that I probably wouldn't do um, and expose myself because I think that other people might you know have an opinion on it and I just like unsolicited opinions you know I don't have any time for them and then other things are probably just this like what does respect mean to us like it means such a different thing I think within um not you know not just South Asian communities but also like just ethnic minorities as a whole like we have such a different level of respect for anyone like someone new someone elder that kind of thing and especially um you know like in different languages I don't you know we don't really have it in English but you know you have kind of like different tenses and things like that so like in Spanish you'll have like you formal you informal that kind of thing it's the same in Bengali like how you speak to someone that's maybe an elder to you the word for you is different depending on if you're younger or if you're a friend versus if you're older and like someone that's more important or your grandma or your mum and that kind of thing so I think we've just got this inherent value of what respect is and kind of you know as I'm growing up now I've really had to think about my boundaries with that because yeah I love the fact that I know what respect is and I love that I respect people and I kind of really hold that to a high value but also I want to ensure that I don't respect people who don't respect me and especially within kind of the Asian community so you know when some like bitchy auntie makes some like comment sorry no I will like I will now say things back because I'm not gonna sit here as like a grown 25 year old woman taking shit anymore so like if you're gonna call me healthy at this age I'll call you healthy back you know what I I um, completely get you on the auntie point um because loads of people are like oh which means like when are you gonna get married and I'm like when are yeah. you gonna get married like when, like why are you I me or just like oh you know you should get married and I'm like oh is your son gonna get married and they'll they'll just be like on oh, Hindi like no no he's far too young 
And I'm like, your son's like five years older than me, fam. Like he ain't doing anything. He sells <laughs> drugs in the park. Like go look after your son. Don't come for me. That's so And I funny. think the other point you just wanted to mention that I really resonate with is the respect because I think that was um, just a bit about my personal life for anyone listening is I really hesitated launching this podcast because similar to you, I have really interesting stories to tell or I know people that have interesting stories to tell. And whilst I absolutely hold no refrain in sharing those experiences about my life, I would honestly die if my mum and dad got felt or got disrespected because of my actions publicly. And my parents are quite liberal. I imagine... So do they do they know you've got a podcast? Yeah, hundred percent. My dad listens to some extent, and um, what, to, to this next one, <laughs> that's not out yet. What are you going to do? I'm gonna edit this bit out, you nonce, right? Basically, <laughs> and um, no, but even I think season one, it's a lot tamer and a lot more um, generic about like immigrant experiences. And my my dad really helped. Like my mom and dad are like definitely the influencers for my podcast. Like I looked at them and I was like. I'm doing this all for you but then what I would hate is like for them to listen to me and I guess my mom and dad know a lot about me um but they just kind of assume it's private and they'd rather not talk about it and for them to think I'm going saying this publicly when any of their friends can listen to it and judge me is I think what would hurt them because my dad's like you can do what you want in your own time but like don't flaunt it for the world to see like I remember I put a bikini picture up and my dad was like no, 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 no. I might not even have an Indian accent, but like, I just do it for the lol. <laughs> he was just like, has, has like, have you got your parents on like Instagram? Yeah, so I've got well. them on Facebook and I think I got tagged in a bikini picture and my dad was just like, oh, like, I don't care what you do in private, like with your friends, but like, I don't want you to put that out on the internet for people to see. And me and my sister were a bit like, and he's really traditional with these kind of things because he's grown up, he's grown up, um, I don't know, just having these that mindset. He's like 60 almost now. But um, my sister really had to push back on that to be like, well, what if I was on the beach one day and your mate was just around? Like, what what would you do then? Like, what's the difference between a photo and seeing it in person? And also to start normalizing it because it's not a, it's not a thing of shame. So were your parents ever like that as well to an extent? Um, do you know what? Like, I've been having these conversations a lot recently with one of my friends, and it's kind of been that thing. Like, we've never actually spoken about it, and I, I almost, I think that they have the same kind of thought process. And for me, especially, I, I, I think what you think in terms of, do you know what? I'm gonna live, um, like how I want because at the end of the day like I'm not 12 anymore like you know I think sometimes we think that we're still you know 14 but sometimes I sit back and I'm like god I remember being 14 and thinking 25 like that's a real person so at the moment like I'm a real person I can literally do whatever I want and I had a conversation with um, my dad recently actually like the most recent time I went home and I said to him that do you know what like you maybe you might be scared or worried about what it is like the kind of person that I'm growing up to be or maybe you don't know who that is but you have to have this trust in your own ability as a parent that you've brought me up right and I just felt like that was quite a powerful thing that I had to get through to them that actually if you think I'm doing something wrong in the world then maybe that should be a reflection on you like are you saying that you didn't bring me up with the right values because actually if you have confidence in the your ability to bring up a child then hopefully you've brought me up right and so at the moment like my boundaries with my parents are kind of do you know what I'll always respect you and I'll always kind of have 
your you know your mindset and the way you've brought me up in the back of my mind and I will always think about that but I'll still make my own decisions and I also will never disrespect you while you're there so when I go home or anything like that it's it's always their rules and I'm not the kind of person that just for the sake of it I'm going to start having a debate so if we're sat in you know to be honest I've not been to any like family gathering huge extended family occasions for a long time but if we were and they were having this massive debate maybe and saying some like quite old-fashioned things I don't know not that anyone really does this but I'm I'm not going to sit there and like give my two cents just to kind of be this like really liberal feminist or anything just because I like I'm not here to like kind of start these debates because at the end of the day like it's not going to get anywhere within that um within that room and I just don't want to disrespect my parents like that so I'll just sit there and smile whilst you're around and I can have these discussions with you know my circle of friends and that kind of thing you've really just struck a chord in my heart because I like what you said about the well if you have faith and value and trust in your own parenting then just know the decisions I'm making are the right ones and I completely agree with you as well and the whole point around I don't even bother like voicing my opinions when I'm at family parties. I'm similar. I have family friends with really strong opinions that I wouldn't personally agree with, like politically or socially. But then I don't even waste my breath on them because I'm kind of like, you're all 60. You're about to die in like a couple of decades. Like, <laughs> I know that's really bad. <laughs> but I'm just like, you're not, you're, hopefully your like awful thoughts are going to die off with your generation. Like, I know it's a very morbid thing to talk about because the thought of like my uncle or like, whatever dying is really sad but then there does come a time where you know that that person's got to an age because of their experiences so there's not much you can say you can whip the powerpoint presentation out but their thoughts aren't going to change so I completely understand that I'm the same as you like I don't even start a fight to start a fight like if I genuinely don't think there's a room for change then I won't bother so yeah I like completely resonate yeah and yeah my thing also with that is just that you know what like and I've and I've said it to my parents I'm like respect is a two-way street so I also if you respect me and my values and my thoughts about things I respect yours so in the same way that you know maybe we can't understand sometimes what people in the community like the older generation think they're allowed to have those opinions and just because we're now progressed or we're now you know thinking differently it doesn't always mean that we're right and it it's not fair now to kind of force our thoughts on them and like force them into thinking differently when actually they've grown up in a totally different world um not just kind of in like talking about modern era but in you know a different country a different continent under different rules and what now I'm going to sit here and tell you that I'm right when actually you're the one that gave me the tools to learn and be educated and you're the one that brought me over here to learn so I'm kind of quite respectful that it's a two-way street and you're allowed to think whatever you think and I will always respect what you think and that's fine as long as you also give me the right to have an we're going to move on to the next part of the conversation which is what people are actually here for they want the juice so what races have you dated yeah so um I've dated different Caucasians so like English um Europeans and by dating I'm going from literally a variation of dates and to full-on like long-term relationships um I've also dated like Australians Kiwis um and Nigerian so yeah varied mix that's very I like that you use nationalities as well not races because 
I think there is a difference um, between like just saying black and white when you've got so many derivatives of people within the white like race. So I do think Europeans are so different to Australians just because my parents live in Australia. I find the men there are like, I don't know about you, I don't know what your experience was, but they're just better mannered than like British boys. Um, yeah, that was just. It was it was the fact that like I remember when I dated the first like Australian guy, it was the way he said my name, and I was like, oh my god, I've never heard anyone say my name like that, and it was like Semma, and I was like, oh, oh okay, so like interesting. <laughs> They're like Semma, and I was like, oh my god, I've literally never heard that sound before, that noise, but yeah. Oh, very interesting, and like how I mean, you you named a couple of guys there, so I'm not going to get into all of them because I guess some of them will just be a bit more prominent than others. But how did you meet, say, your biggest relationships or like the most memorable guys? Yeah, so do you know what? Like, I actually have quite good luck with um, dating apps, and I was talking for, um, about dating apps recently with my sister. And uh, we were just discussing like people's luck on them and this, that, and the other. And yeah, so I met two people that I was in relationships with on Bumble, and they both happened to be like the first people I met slash talked to. Um, so I don't know what that says, but I was also having a conversation with my guy friend about this, and he just was like, "Do you know what? Like, I think you just know what you want." So that's kind of you know, because I was like, "Oh, actually, maybe that's not a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing that." I kind of have met people quite quickly when I go on dating apps, um, both times that I would go on, but he was just like, no, no, I think you know what you want. But um, yeah, I also met one guy in a club and that wasn't a great relationship. So I don't recommend meeting guys in clubs. I actually met my man's in a club. So take it from technically (laughs) meet in a club, like for the first time we like talked, but then met in the club if you know what, if you catch my drift. Uh, oh, no, that's different. Yeah. That was like a date. I literally met this person at a club, like at, for the first time. And I don't even remember, like, I don't even think we really like spoke properly. Oh, one the of the messy ones. I feel you, you like smoking it. You like smoking area chat up kind of situation. Yeah, literally. And it was just one of those, like, here's my number. And I remember I didn't, I don't even think I knew his name. So I just had this number in my phone. And then we messaged each other after. So it was, yeah, one of those. You're a bit of a wild gal, you know, like, I didn't expect, um, I didn't, I mean, Bumble was very wholesome. And I feel like from the personality I know of you, that was a very expected answer. I mean, you're literally a plant mum, for God's sake. Like you, you have that personality. <laughs> the club one took me about, not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, um, of the guys that you dated, you, you said you met your two biggest relationships on Bumble, plus the one guy that you met in the club, um, kind of, did their families know about you did it get did it get to that point in your relationship yeah completely like kind of anyone that I've been half serious slash serious with yeah their families have always um known about me and I've always had really good relationships with them and I think that kind of always comes back to you know that like family values that we're brought up with and I just would if, if it is that they're really open about their relationships with their families and I would want to be a part of that and I wouldn't, you know, really hide away from it. Um, and yeah, and they've always treated me like really well. So I've never had 
that kind of feeling of difference or anyone's ever made me feel like an outsider even if you know I was different and yeah I'm pretty sure to be honest that if if I thought about who maybe those guys have been with in the past or their exes and that kind of thing their usual type probably wasn't a South Asian or a Bengali person like me um and I to be honest I wouldn't want someone that had dated like that you know that had that type that's exclusively dates one person of that race because I find that quite problematic anyway but yeah (laughs) it's interesting you say that why do you find that problematic and do you find that you're fetter I struggle saying that on my last podcast like anyone listening and listen to the last episode you're gonna rip me I can't say it but have you found yourself being fetishized often fetishized fetishized um do you know what I I haven't actually felt that way but I've always worried about feeling that way and I think to be honest that's you know I have a filter I'm obviously not gonna let people I'm not going to know people that do that to me, but I, you know, you see people about that definitely do do that. And I just find that like so problematic and I just can't let people in like that. And it's the type of person that will call you exotic or they like the fact that you're brown, but they won't know what brownness means. They won't know anything that comes with being brown or that comes with being Bengali or comes with being South Asian or any of these categories or labels. They just like the fact that you're different because, you know, they had like a type. They were dating, I don't know, like Bethany or they were dating <laughs> like Julie and that kind of thing. Yeah, and yeah. now it's like, oh, like, how do you spell that? Or where are you from? And it's it's interesting. It's maybe like something to it's tokenistic. show off about. It's tokenistic. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Um, so yes, I've always tried to make sure I'm never in those situations and thankfully I've not been, which is great. That is very good. I'm glad you've had wholesome relationships and also you've had good, um, kind of family relationships with your partner's family or, um, friends or whatever. But in terms of your family, like what was the stance on your interracial relationships with your family? Did they know? And if they don't, then boy, they're going to listen to this and know now. But I mean, kind of what was the, what was the situation? Do you know what? Um, I don't know what it is for other people, but I feel like there's this unwritten unwritten rule with different, I want to say South Asians, but then I always forget that like Indians are part of it and that they probably have quite a different stance to like Muslim South Asians. But then but, Indian, um, just to correct you, Indian South Asians is not, um, it's not a sin, it's, it's not, what's the word? Uh, it, they're not mutual group they're not mutually exclusive so like you can have indian muslim indian muslims as well yeah, so do you true. mean like muslims versus like other religions like sikhs and hindus okay, yeah okay. yeah so um yeah so i think there's always kind of been this like unwritten rule where i don't think i've ever like you don't have a discussion about this kind of thing like it's just not a discussion that you have like oh I can't I can't imagine when like I first liked a boy at like 15 to come back to my mum and be like hey so I like this boy like do you want to meet them or like do you do they want to come around like can you imagine I was trying to persuade my mum could I go to my friend's house for a sleepover that's a girl like am I now gonna bring some guy to meet my mum like that is just the most bizarre thing and yeah you just there's this like unwritten rule about that and I think I would kind of not bring someone 
home to meet my parents unless I was ready to marry them and I think for me I'm not sure about other people but this comes from a respect thing because I don't want my parents to start forming relationships with guys where it might not work out after a year or two years or perhaps they treat you like wrong down further down the line and then I just don't want to have these conversations later on like oh actually I had a real like bad judgment call on that relationship and they treat me badly or they did this or they did that and you know no parent wants to see their child being really hurt I remember you know coming back from like sixth form and that kind of thing when I'd be upset about about a boy and it wouldn't be a, you know relationship it was one of those like young things where maybe you went out with them for about five days and I'd come home and like cry and act like the, literally the world's like swallowed me up and everything's ended and obviously then I would tell my mum what that was about and we'd have a conversation about it and afterwards I would always feel so stupid about the whole situation because my mum would always make me see like actually it's nothing it's like such a blip in the you know scheme of life so from that I just kind of never wanted to constantly put my mum and dad through like oh actually now I'm with this person or maybe I'm with this person or I don't really know or like oh I'm not sure how I'm feeling about this and so I just kind of always wanted to come home with someone that I'm so sure of like hey by the way we're gonna get married probably soon that kind of thing and start then forming a relationship that would be real and everything else like they might know of like you know people your parents aren't stupid they know kind of what's happening you don't always need to tell them but I don't need to confirm either just because yeah I don't want to put them through that situation do you think also if you don't mind me asking it's to do with pride because you use the word respect but actually now that I'm hearing it back because I'm the same as well regardless of my religion like I hated I actually introduced my ex to my parents and I was devastated like when we broke up because he was the first guy that I properly brought home and we were together for years and I honestly thought I was going to marry him and like it was my pride that took a hit because I was 21. Like I was like you, I thought the world was crashing. I was like, I'm never going to be able to find someone because I need to be married at 25. Lol, what a joke. And um, I remember telling my mum and dad and I just remember like crying and saying sorry because my dad had never met him, but my mum had and he'd been to my house and I'd met his parents. And I just felt like it was a bit of a waste of like, I want to say a a marriage and my mum was just like are you mad like you're 21 like it's okay these things happen and she didn't deep it but obviously she did kind of give me a stern talk and was like don't let this happen again like I'm glad that he didn't meet your dad because him meeting your dad would have been a bigger deal and I think it would have upset your dad but I realized looking back and I always hearing you talk about it is a pride thing because in the South Asian community, uh, the worst thing that you're supposed to believe can happen to you is a failed marriage or like a failed relationship, especially in like the Hindu Indian community, like divorces and separation is a bit of a taboo. And not to say that I don't have divorced family members, I do, but like they're always talked about. And I think ultimately that's, that's what it is. Like you don't want to be wrong in front of your parents, like your pride has took that hit. But at the end of the day, I know from what I've heard about your parents, if you brought someone home and it didn't work out after a couple of years, I don't think your parents would be that upset about it not working out. I think they'd be upset for you. And I think that's what would make you feel stupid because you're like, oh, I've just upset my parents. Now they're worried about me. But they don't, they don't actually care so much. I don't know. Is that something going on the right lines? Um, yeah, I think there's a certain degree of that. And I think with like, especially my situation with 
than being interracial it's that thing of do you know what it's it's a harder conversation to have so for me it's like I don't want to introduce someone from day one or day 10 or even to be honest like day 100 because those conversations are a lot harder than if I was with someone who might be the same race as me or from the same background or the same religion because I just get to present them and then you know my family would have assumptions already made but actually they're from this person and they do this and they do that and we probably have similar backgrounds so it could work whereas if it's someone that's a different you know race and it's an interracial relationship it's something that causes a deeper conversation and you know what like at day 100 where it's only been like three months I don't really want to have that conversation because I still don't really know and I it needs to get to a certain level for me to be really sure about relationship before I then start having these like lengthy conversations with my parents about where this could go because you know you know what South Asian parents are like it's like if you say something then it's like oh well you must be getting married the next day and so then I don't want to you know have that conversation when even I'm not even ready to talk about it yet so I think there's a degree of maybe a bit of pride maybe not wanting my parents to feel upset because that is a hard thing and then them seeing me upset always would you know cause them pain but also just these are tough topics to talk about and if you're not a hundred percent sure about it then why would you put everyone through the you know the awkwardness and the misery of going through it if actually in the end it didn't even work out in you know the first place hundred percent and I think also just to your point um just going back you didn't say it but I was thinking it because one of my best friends is an interracial relationship like she introduced him to her family and she's going through a really rough time and I think the the issue is that I perpetuate stereotype if it doesn't work out because she's South Asian going out with someone white and I think there's a bit of a fear unspoken fear at the back of her mind like if this doesn't work out now my family know about him the next time I bring home a white guy they're just gonna be like oh well you know you know what they're like or blah 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 like vice versa or even if the person wasn't white it would just perpetuate another stereotype about him had it gone awry so I guess whilst that might not apply to your situation it's just something um the audience listening listening should be aware of as well and I think that's another uh kind of situation for restraint yeah and I think especially with even like people that come from Muslim backgrounds, they, your parents might think, oh, well, does that mean like, are you being led astray? Because you might then not be upholding your values as much as you would if you were with a fellow Muslim or if you were with someone that had similar backgrounds, because, you know, they obviously have these assumptions of like, oh, white people must go out all the time or like, do they drink and do they do this and they do that? And it comes back to that thing that I was saying, where I was like, do you know what? Like, by the way I'm not going to be in a relationship with a weirdo like when I said to my mum and dad I'm like you need to trust that this is obviously my life and I want to have a good life so I'm not going to just like find some random person off the street and like start a relationship with them without thinking about the kind of person that they are the character like what their family's like would it gel well with my life and that kind of thing so yeah Good, good point. Um, I'm going to move on to the next question, which is um, what has been the biggest cultural differences in the relationships that you've been in? So given that you've dated um, lots of different nationalities and ethnicities, I guess I'm going to assume that the longest relationship you've been in is with a white person, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, And kind of what, what was the biggest cultural differences that you noticed being with said person or being with said people? Um, I think it would just be kind of like 
you know, when I was younger, I didn't notice that many differences, to be honest, because, you know, like I'm from Manchester and I had a lot of different friends. Most of them were white and I just didn't notice those things. But as I've gotten older and I've become kind of more questioning of my own culture and like what is my identity and what things am I really interested in and that's kind of now become more of a topic within my relationship so I think yeah as I've gotten older I have um really like gone on a journey as cliche as that sounds so then things yeah things did start cropping up and you know they were never like huge things but just in my mind like oh actually as this develops how how would this happen so something might be for example like my wedding so if I'm thinking about my wedding not in a like oh my god I want to get married but something that you think about and it was well I really didn't want to compromise my values by having like a church wedding for example if I was with someone that was Caucasian at the time they might want to have a church wedding and that's something that I then can't say to them like by the way you might have dreamt of a church wedding all your life or like that was your tradition or maybe your mum and dad got married in a church but I just wouldn't want that for for my wedding and how would that then be resolved because at the end of the day it would have to be one person kind of compromising a lot of what they've grown up with because maybe like if if the guy was Caucasian he when he was younger and having these sorts of his wedding he probably never thought he was going to marry a Bengali girl so then how are you then how am I going to come into his life and be like by the way you need to rethink all these things because I I don't want to get married in a church and that would just be really weird for me and then there's things about you know in the future thinking about kids and you know my name's Arabic and you know what like my kids will probably have names that people will ask them again and again how to pronounce it and I'm so fine with that because I'm going to teach my kids that you you can repeat your name and say it with your chest whereas someone that's Caucasian like would they want that because if they're called you know Adam or if they're called Tom or that kind of thing I can't imagine them wanting wanting that because they also have their own identity and yeah okay they're with someone that's different but just because maybe people see someone that's brown or South Asian as having more of an enriched culture you know just because from looking on the outside but does that mean that someone that's Caucasian doesn't have as rich a culture and who am I to now start like encroaching on that and be like well you know actually I want this and that's kind of it so it was those kind of thoughts that I was having that I just didn't know like how I would figure that out and what when it came to it like what would actually be the thing and it would always end in me being like oh do you know what when it comes to it I'll I'll just have to deal with it at the time because there's no point having these conversations if they don't come to that point and they're scary topics to be honest because it is it would be one person kind of giving in and you don't want that like you don't want to give into something that you didn't want and you also don't want to you know kind of almost force someone who you love and care about to also give in to something that maybe they didn't see in their lives um but yeah and for something like names I've found when I've been with someone of color it's it's been a lot easier because for example they might have like an African surname and they might understand the importance of names a lot more because of the heritage that they carry so you know I'm really proud of my name and I always ask people what their names mean because I just love knowing name meanings so whilst that might seem small to a lot of different cultures they mean a lot to others and I think that kind of starts a conversation about cultural differences because someone that 
comes from African heritage might understand that a lot more versus someone who's come from a Caucasian background who actually just likes might just like a nice sounding name or something that maybe their dad was called or their granddad was called and they kind of want to follow that through whereas I'm like oh I have this Arabic name and it means this and I'm so proud of it and this is what my surname means and you know that kind of thing. I really like that. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that as well. And I do then now want to even apologize further. That I could not say your name correctly at the start of this conversation. And the fact that I asked you, can I call you a nickname? And it wasn't coming from a place of ignorance or anything like that, because I have a very difficult name to pronounce as well. And it took me 21 years to kind of admit it and say it with my chest just as you said you're going to teach your kids hopefully to say it with their chest as well but it's more I literally cannot say your name for some reason like it's just not it's like fetishized <laughs> like I just can't say it. it's just a thing um but no I completely I completely get it and I might, one of my questions actually and I think this goes quite nicely into the next question which is what hardships have you had to navigate in your relationship due to like your ethnicity or their ethnicity I know you've touched on a couple like things for example thoughts of the future or small nuances like meanings of names or the, the, the way we pronounce each other's names etc but um and it doesn't have to be personally about your own, your own relationship but from observations or like over time can you name anything that think people really have to give a second think about whilst entering an interracial interracial oh, that was a tongue twister entering <laughs> an interracial relationship i think um one of the main things and I always make sure to it's almost like a disclaimer that you give and I give this no matter like what what race the person is or where they're from so whether they're white or whether they're black because it doesn't matter because you know it is different races and it's always that thing of by the way this is not going to be an easy ride um and it's not going to be as easy as you might have had in the past. And you, you know, you're not going to just like be able to waltz in and we're going to start doing this and that. And you're going to immediately start coming round to mine for a Sunday roast. Like that's, that's just not how it works. And there's all these customs and things that you need to get on board with. And actually, if, you know, like in maybe, you know, as they say, normal relationships, if we were the same um, race, things that, parents might consider like oh what job do they do or what was their education or what was their upbringing like or where you know where are they from in terms of um even like location in the UK um those things are just kind of minor details to when it comes to interracial relationships because it's like actually do you now understand my upbringing do you understand that you know you're not going to come to my house and start calling my mum by my first name because that is just the most ridiculous thing and it's just making sure that people have this awareness and I always say that from literally day one because if you don't even have a willingness to kind of learn that it will be different and it will be harder than something that you might have had in the past and there's just no point getting to day two because it's just kind of long for both of us because it's also draining to teach someone and I'm always fine to teach someone the first time but I don't want to have to teach you the second time because there's also Google for that kind of thing but um, I think kind of navigating hardships they've not really been huge things in the past um there's just been like little things that have also always kind of like drawn attention to the situation where all of a sudden I remember that I'm in, a, in an interracial relationship that you know just on day-to-day -day life I might not think about because for me it's just normal so I remember there's a situation where um 
I was seeing this guy, um, he's Caucasian, and he had told his white um, girlfriend, not girlfriend, but like girl mate, um, he was dating a Bengali girl. And she replied, I kid you not, asking why. And he came back and told me about this conversation, but he didn't say it in a like, oh my God, can you believe it? He just said it as like just something that happened that day and not understanding like the underlying issue of kind of how problematic this was. Um, And I think if it was the other way around, I probably wouldn't tell my partner that this conversation happened and I would spare my partner's feelings and just sort it out myself. So if we kind of just like look at that conversation, that conversation and that question of why a bit deeper like what does it represent well it's kind of assuming that because we're different and that as a couple we might not have that much in common so what would we talk about just because we're different races what would we do when we're together and all of this kind of comes from that assumption that people make about different races and this profile that people conjure up in their mind about what a person must be like if they come from this country or they have this um, background and it's that whole you know why does my race only have one face issue because when I think of you know, a white person, I can give so many different attributes and create countless profiles of what this a person might be because I don't have this presumption of what they'll be like as I can, you know, I have the ability as an ethnic minority to see people because of their character. So whilst, you know, maybe within that example, it might seem like I, I've jumped to a conclusion from a simple why question that someone might ask. But I think any you know, person of colour would do the same and have the exact same thought pattern of actually this person's basically assumed that because I'm South Asian woman, I obviously don't go out and I don't have fun and I must have all Asian friends and I'm probably an accountant, which by the way, like I picked the other stereotype of becoming a lawyer. Thanks very much. But yeah, that was um, I really like that explanation of it. And um, I I think it's right. I think it's normal. Um, and as we I, I, I for one, as I've progressed through my life, I've definitely started to stand up a little bit more for my own culture and be more assertive in the things I do and don't want. And I feel like with your explanation, you've just kind of expressed the same where you've just grown to be a bit more assertive of knowing exactly what you want. I mean, you, you've said it throughout this entire podcast, right? Because you just happen to speak to the first person that you met on the apps and blah, blah, blah. And as you get older, you just have less time to waste, not because you're getting older, but because your life is getting busier, right? Like versus when you're 15 and all you have to do is somehow make it to school for half eight every day and like finish at 3.30 or four and then fuck about for the rest of the time. Whereas now it's like every minute of your time in theory is like precious. So I completely, I completely understand that as well. Um, yeah, and you just kind of, you know, you learn the value of yourself a lot more. So it's like, well, actually, if someone isn't getting this, then I, you know, kind of can't be bothered to keep explaining it to you. And it's then really interesting just like kind of to go back to that question to compare it then to people of um, colour that I've dated and how that's been. And it's really interesting because then the hardships become a lot more normal which I you know obviously before I came to speak to you I was thinking about these things and I wanted to make a comparison because I've I've never had that before and actually for like I remember when um yeah like 
when I contrasted dating a white person versus dating someone maybe of African heritage, I remember thinking about it the other day and being like, oh, actually, like at the point of dating someone African, it almost was like a privilege that I had normal hardships. So we maybe argued about like um, someone watched an episode on Netflix without you or someone ate the last chocolate versus having to have constant debates about race or constant like an argument or a situation or like really hard conversations about race that to be honest like no one wants to do that life's hard anyway and relationships are really hard so it's like why do we then have to bring in this other thing so yeah just the comparison between them I think is super interesting that is very interesting to say why life is already hard relationships are already hard why bring more hardships into it and I think even outside of relationships I think talking about these topics is exhausting like I think it's mentally exhausting and you really have to be in a certain kind of mindset or be in a certain kind of vibe to talk about it so to have that with the person that you're sharing your entire life with like your other half your partner whatever that's definitely exhausting. It's not like a work debate. I mean, that's a whole other rabbit hole we can go down, but it's not like a work debate. You're talking to someone, uh, you know, with a colleague who's white to try and get to you, them to understand your point of view. It's rather like the person you live with or you're with all the time. So again, completely understand and like, I, I hear you. Um, I'm just conscious that we're almost at the end of the episode and I've had so much fun having you on but also I think this is the first podcast where I know for a fact I personally know people that will benefit from the content of this podcast and just a lot of the things that you've said are really profound and they've kind of stayed with me not because I am in an interracial racial relationship myself but more just helping me understand the mindset of my friends that are and like how I can better support them as an outsider so even like if it's simple things like mental health or not understanding that their hardships are completely different hardships to a hardship that me and my boyfriend who's South Asian might have like oh who's watched that literally who's watched that Netflix episode without the other person or you know, we've argued about having pizza again for like the third night in a row or whatever it is so yeah I think I think it's just been very useful and very helpful. So thank you so much. That's all right. Yeah, it's been super interesting. And I love, yeah, I love having really open conversations about these things. And for me as well, it's meant that I've actually sat down and thought about it because I probably don't really do that. And it's also kind of weird to maybe compare the different races you've dated, especially when, you know, you don't want to sit back and think like, oh, why was this different? I don't really like doing audits of relationships that much. But yeah, super interesting to do that, especially from a race point of view. And yeah, definitely will hopefully help people um, even just to educate people on what someone else is going through or some, you know, things from people, different people's perspectives um if they do have a friend that's going through a certain situation that they could help on or if they're going through a certain situation that they can resonate with yeah it's always so great 100 so we're actually moving on to a bit of a light-hearted and like really easy um like fun end to the podcast hopefully normally my last season I always ask participants like oh can you share like a piece of wisdom or like say something in your native language but none of that shit this season so I'm actually doing this um segment called coffee with kitty and it's based off um a really popular if you say coffee with current right cool. 
weird, weird flex that you've just taken over my show and announced it. But yeah, it's basically based off Coffee with Gurren, which is hosted by a really famous director and producer in Bollywood called Gurren Johar. And he has this segment called Quick Fire Round in which two participants compete with like crazy, outrageous, scandalous questions for a hamper. Now, unfortunately, I don't have a hamper to give you, but I do have really fun questions that I'm sure that my audience would love to understand a little bit more about you. So do you know how the premise of the game works? I basically just ask a question and you have to, you have like three seconds to answer it, okay? Okay, let's go. Okay, perfect. So if you could go anywhere in the world right now, where would you go and why? Bali, just because I really wanted to go this year because I wanted to take a year out and travel, but I couldn't. And I've wanted to be that basic bitch for 2020. I love Bali. Have you been before? No, I've not been. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I just need to go there and have one of these bowls and sit in this pool. And I just want to be that person. Bali is hands down, hands down my favorite place on earth. Like beats India. And I love India. Like anyone that knows me, I'm I'm like the most patriotic little bitch ever. But Bali, hands down, like my favorite place on earth. I would go again and again. I'd move there if I had the money. Honestly, I'd move. Like if if I didn't have to support myself, unfortunately, in this like rat race corporate job. (laughs) then I would 100% become a nomad and move, yeah, fully. It's actually a shame that you're not able to go there because I think you'd really enjoy what you're doing now, but out there, like, it's a very very relaxed lifestyle. Also cheap as fuck, like, it's amazing. Really? Well, I've booked it for um, later next year, so I'm hoping that I can go for my birthday, but let's see what the situation is. Bring on May. Your birthday's in May, right? Yeah. Oh my God. How did I remember that? We're not even that close. We're not even that close. But I think it's near my sisters, which is why I remembered it. Okay. Next question. Um, let me think of a good one. Are you a morning person or a night person? Morning. Like I literally wake up between 5.30 or 6.30 every single day without an alarm clock. And I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but it's quite irritating when all you want is a lion and it never, ever happens. And I can't set um, alarms because they stress me out all night. So I've never, like, I would never set an alarm. Do you not just, like, wake up and then go back to sleep like everyone else? No, because I'm up then. I'm just up and I'm like, well, this is just kind of pointless. But I do do the pointless thing of just like laying there for an hour, kind of waiting for the world to wake up a bit more. And then I'll start my day because, yeah, honestly, especially in the summer, I was waking up at half five and just being like, oh, no one's up. Like, what shall I do with my life? So I wasn't doing anything productive. You're very put together. I'm very impressed. Um, Next question is, what is your favorite ice cream flavor? um oh vanilla I'm pretty boring oh like my days with- after all of that shit you just chatted you've come out to say vanilla is your favorite <laughs> I'm so disappointed Do you know what though yeah but like the proper vanilla that has you know the little like vanilla black dots I'm not saying like go to Tesco and get those like easy scoop tub things I'm saying proper vanilla but yeah, I'm also really basic with pizza. Like I'll only eat a margarita pizza. I will not ever have a different pizza. Oh, you're actually very basic. I mean, it's fine. We roll with the punches because I know Bengali people like their food like mad hot. So like, I guess it's like compensated for the spicy, the spicy part of your food. Um, last question, which is, what is the one fashion trend that you just don't get or you never have got? Like if it's a past one. Oh God, um, 
that's that's so hard I actually have no I don't even understand most trends to be honest <laughs> it was probably oh my god do you know oh, what were people doing I feel like there's loads of like weird makeup things that people always do and I never understand them oh, I have no idea Kitty this is really like put me on the spot um, that's the question fam like it's not that deep I should ask you another one I, I know but <laughs> yes please okay let's let's ask another one which is ooh I think of a good one okay what do you think of when I say fruit my name <laughs> what is that what it means because... yeah so it means fruit but like my mum named me fruit as in um fruit of the womb so like mother's baby oh um, yeah yes yeah, so that's what I think of but I also think of grapefruit which is one of my favorite fruits that is so wholesome that's actually a very unique I've asked this question twice now before and I really like um I like your answer the most because it's very wholesome and very dear to a heart so that's great um I mean you've had a great time on Coffee with Kitty I had fun having you on I absolutely love Bali Vanilla's basic but you said the one with the flex all good and um thank you so much for coming on like I've had such a good time amazing thanks for having me it's been such a great conversation and yeah I'll just wait for that hamper in the post yeah <laughs> what hamper with like basic vanilla ice cream and like margarita pizza yeah okay That's <laughs> cool. Please, yeah. cool um i mean thank you so much again for coming on and until next time bye